Okay. All right. All right, Ricardo, welcome, finally. <laughs> <laughs> finally. Johnny, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's no problem. It's been a, no problem. a crazy ride to try to get in contact yeah. with each other. It, it has. It I'm has. here in Saudi Arabia. It seems like all the all the apps are blocked. It really, it's it's a war. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it totally sucks, though. You know, it's, uh, yeah, they don't want people to have contact with uh, the outside world. So, yeah, I, I don't know, but that's my, that's just my opinion. <laughs> you, may, you may be right. Yeah. <laughs> may maybe. be right. Yeah. <laughs> so, Ricardo, you know, you're, people in Norway know who you are, but not many people, like, in uh, all of Norway know who you are. So, you can just start, like, tell a little bit, tell a little bit about yourself and, like, how you started with jiu-jitsu and, uh, yeah, oh. all the good old school stuff. <laughs> John. All right. So I started I started martial arts. I was four years old. I started in judo in Brazil. I mean at least at that time, you know, jiu-jitsu wasn't as structured for kids as, as it is today. And and judo was the best option. Judo really definitely was the best option to to create discipline and if it was way more structured for kids yeah. than jujitsu was, you know? Jiu-Jitsu was, at my time, Jiu-Jitsu was, was that, that that upcoming sport that, that that has something to prove, you know. And I got that, that part of the generation uh, of, of having Jiu-Jitsu to prove against other martial arts, you know, clash of styles and prove the efficiency of the sport, things like that. But I started Jiu-Jitsu with 15 years old. Mm. Uh, my first girlfriend, yeah, my first oh, girlfriend invited me to a barbecue in her house, and and by coincidence, her uncle was, which is today the red belt, the only red belt from Carlson Gracie. His name is Carlos Rosado. Oh, really? And Rosado invited me. Yeah, mm. and Rosado invited me to. He saw me as a mini was stucky kid, you know, you know, he looked very athletic, and I was 15 years old at the time. He said, "Man, you got to start training jujitsu." And this is, I remember, it was a Sunday. Monday, I was there, Carson Gracie, and and I never stopped. Oh, really? You know, nice. that was that was basic what it was. And, yeah, so I, I was, I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> this is, was in the 80s. I started jiu-jitsu, I think it was 84 or something like that. It's 84, 85. Uh-huh. So, yeah, how, how was it, like, training with Carlson stuff? Many people say it was, like... It was like hardcore, you know. It was not like senju jitsu, but it was more like old school hardcore stuff. I've heard. Yeah, it, it was really. Nowadays, you see the evolution of the sport, and you see a lot of science behind it. Um, the incorporation of the drills, you know, that was a big change for for the healthy of the athlete. Uh, the whole entire, you know, scientific, physical education, kinesiology, you know, helps a lot. Mm-hmm. To not just to maintain to prevent injuries, but by my time, it was just working. You know, it was just training hard, man. You know, a lot of mistakes made. You just jumping in and the training without warm up or stretching, and you know, no, 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 nothing. It was just jumping in and train for hours. It was a bunch of you know a bunch of crazy guys inside this small room, super hot. No air conditioning in Copacabana there in the in Rio de Janeiro, and it was pure pressure. And whoever I used to say that, you know, that's a good analogy. Is 
It's like dumping a bunch of beans in your in the top of your hand, and you start shaking it. And whatever beans that stays in your head are the champions. So it was pure pressure, you know, pure pressure. You know, people are just training hard the whole time, and it just and there was there was nothing else than that, man. This is and we grew up in that environment. We grew up in an environment that is is killing the lion a day, you know. Yeah. There was no easy trainings. Let's put it this way. Ah, oh, that's cool. That's awesome. So, uh, did Carlson? What was Carlson himself active as a fighter back then, or had he retired? No, no, he was. He was. He was retired. You know, he was. Yeah, he was definitely just helping out and and training the guys. Reality, Carlson was a big mentor. You know, he his presence. You know captured not just the attention but the almost like the souls of the guys you know everybody was killed each other when a carlson was in the room you know everybody was trying to prove that they deserve to be there or or they wanted the spot that whatever it is that what is in his mind in the end it was his decision about who's going to compete or not and the qualifiers are were were crazy really what happened Yeah, the qualifiers were crazy. The guys that usually win the qualifiers wins the wins the tournament. So I remember getting there, even in young, you know, and try to and try to place for the qualifiers, and you competed like a real real tournament before the tournaments, and and everybody's around. It's a very it was a small room, but there was this big, you know, bleacher not bleacher. There was this big. Um, in reality, it was something to build to put the backpacks on top. You know, people coming in and you put the bags on the top of it. But when they have these qualifiers, they take all the backpacks down on the floor, and everybody would sit down on top, like a marquise. You know, yeah, it was it was crazy, <laughs> and everybody on top of that. And imagine how hot that thing was, and just two guys in the middle, and they, you know, they kill each other for the spot. And usually, the winner of that. It was the winner of the tournament, yeah. and at the time they don't have too many tournaments as it is today. You know, it was really twice a year I have a tournament, and eventually a lot of sponsorships just started coming in, and they creating events, and and the thing started spreading out as it is today. You know, it was way before the the Brazilian Federation or the IBJJF. Yeah, way before, way before they were created. Who were you training with back then? Um, there's some great names, man. Uh, Amori Bitachi, Murillo Bustamante, uh, Walid Ismail, Maris Perry. Uh, there were so many others there. But Bell Duarte, there, there's, there's a lot. There's a lot of high-level guys there. There was, you know, that, it was peer pressure. And right after that, there's some of the guys that probably people never heard of it, but they were beasties you know this is really genetic freaks the guys are even training more than professional but they have they have their own professions you know yeah de la Hiva there there's so many there's so many high level guys Vitor was there yeah. too right Belfort no Vitor was a little bit younger so Victor didn't get that phase of the Carson Grace team at the time for 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 competition like this you know he was coming in was in a generation that that the guys was I'm not saying stopping. They, they were still, but we're in the end of the competitions. You know, we're we're much older than Vitor, I think. Yeah. And 
And yeah, from that was, I remember training with Victor, seventeen years old. He oh, was shit. such a young kid, was so talented, you know, so talented. And I said, I mean, this kid is going to be a superstar one day. Yeah, and he was, he really was super talented. Yeah, he was like, yeah, he just came, he came into UFC when he was like nineteen. I read someplace, isn't that right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh, I think he, I think he had the fake that he was. Uh, Yeah, he was an adult to actually compete in UFC. Yeah, but was definitely 18 years old. I remember. I think his first MMA fight, he he lied that he was 18 so he can compete. If I'm not if I'm not wrong, it was in Hawaii. And yeah, and after that, he was just getting in the UFC and I mean did the damage that he he did from there. You know, we knew yeah. that was going to be a, a talent talent kid. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the guy's still fighting, so yeah, he doesn't want to quit. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, don't you know? This is this is even a problem sometimes, you know, because not not just the just the money is good, but also you you got addicted to a to this routine, you know. There's a lot of habits that you keep, you pick up in life that's just simply very hard to stop right away. Yeah, you know? I believe And if so. you stop hard away, then I have something to replace, it definitely you're going to create a damage. You know? Yeah, that's true. Imagine a guy comes here and working out every day in the highest level, and suddenly he doesn't have anything to be prepared for. And he got not just time, but he got all this, you know, energy that coming up. It's just not easy. It has to be something graduate, you know? Yeah, true. Weren't you the first uh, Mundial champion? When I started the Mundial? Yes, yes. In 1996. Yeah. The majority of, of the people are listening. I wasn't even born, right? <laughs> In 1996. Yeah. I was born. For sure. If you were... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was... I, 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 think I, I, I think I went to... Uh, kindergarten or something like that. <laughs> you see? Yeah. <laughs> And this... This is important to say... Look, man, there is a whole entire generation of, of BJJ guys, like my idols when I grew up. My idols were, you know, guys like Pichotinho is a black belt from Carlson. Or Rosado was another, which is today a red belt from Carlson, you know. And and Pinduka, all those guys used to compete yeah. way before the IBJJF events, you know. But they were, they were superstars of my time. It was not... I'm not going to say this. It's just momentum in this life. But some of those guys built up what his jiu-jitsu is today. Yeah. And and unfortunately, they don't have recognition because there was no tournaments at the time. You know, there was not tournaments like this that we see in it right now. You know, yeah. nowadays every corner that you have it, you you, you have a stage in national, uh, a Pan American, and or whatever, whatever Europeans, all all this in the world championships in every corner. Yeah. If you if you wanted to, you can compete every weekend. In my time, it was twice a year. Yeah. yeah. So there's a whole entire generation that unfortunately could not be in memory because of the creation of the of the IBJJF, you know, as an organization. Which is it's okay, it's fair, it's, it's life. But but in in my case here right now is. I'm older. I was older. Almost 30 years old. 20 something, 29, 28 years old when I competing on on the IBJJF. You know, 
And mm. there was not many tournaments after that. Well, after that, this is a next generation. I wish that we had that when you were 18, you know, when we were 18 and we have, imagine that. So uh, I, I just say that in the title that make people feel good. I probably don't feel spoiled, you know. Sometimes we feel so spoiled about things and the, the, the enormous schedule of competitions that there is today, it, it adds up a lot. You know, it's great. You yeah. can be professional nowadays, you know, yeah. just yeah. competing on BJJ. That's it's awesome, though. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. true. But, like, uh, when you competed, like, uh, when the IBJF started, how many tournaments did they have, uh, do they have uh, in one year, like the IBJF Worlds? How many times was it? Was it twice a year or once a year? Oh, it's a, I think it's twice. I think there was the Nationals and the Worlds. That's it. Mm. That was the Nationals and the Worlds. All right. Did they have the Pan yeah, Ams back yeah. then? Say it again. Uh, did they have the Pan the Pan Ams? Was was that exist? Yeah, the Pan Ams was. Uh, I think the Pan Ams was. If I'm not wrong, the Pan Ams was in 1998. It started mm -hmm. or 1999, something like this. It was three years later. In 1996, they didn't have the Pan Ams yet. Yeah, it was created after. I'm not pretty sure. We gotta check it out. Yeah, but I think it came later. You know, mm -hmm. at my time, that was just two tournaments: the Nationals and and the world okay so uh how how was it like uh, the worlds back then you had it was just like to sign up and then you get a fight right just like not no like no not really you have to qualify even for me it was um carlson called me one day he went to the downtown I used to work at downtown the bank yeah and he called me he came to have actually have lunch with me and he He was telling me, little boy, you got to come back to train. There's this national tournament coming up here, and I, I need you there. There's nobody on the weight division. My weight division used to be uh, up to 85 kilos or to 79 or to 85, which is um, at my time was median, you know, yeah. medium weight. And and there was nobody there. You got to come back. You got to return. And I say, man, okay, I'll go back. We'll try to get some vacation so I can have some time, some time to train. And I took vacation, took the time to train, and I went there and I won the 95 uh, national championships. So winning the 95, I qualified as a national champion to the world, which is in 96. So I put a couple things together and I talked to the superintendent of the bank there to work with. And I got a sponsorship from the bank. Mm. And from the sponsorship, it was just training. Because I just used my last vacation. So, and uh, it seems like the the world will be four, six, seven months later. So I took vacation the last two months to actually train for the world. And just what I asked him, just let me, let me take this two months here right now just to train to see how it goes. And I... And I go there wearing the flag of a, of a bank of Brazil at the time it was to be my employer, and and I did, and I won the worlds, and it was a big deal there in Brazil at the time. There, all the TVs were there, all the sports, you know, news were covering, and it was a big success for the bank because 
you just put the employee, you know, on vacation for two months, and they got all this media press yeah. on it. And I was, I was a manager on it, and I got this nice booklet, you know, from the from the PR agency, just telling how many minutes I was on TV, on on radio, on you know, all this. At the time, there was no social media. No. So, so all this thing here, you know, came up with the equation that worked it a lot for the bank. Just, just put me out. And yeah, and I got an award that at the time they had it, which is the most technical black belt. And and they made sure that they advertised this there in Brazil. It was pretty cool at yeah. the time. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, um, but it was a good. It was good for me because after that, I've, I could stay out of, of of working on a desk. And the bank like I used to it, so I knew it. I knew it that I have to make the change to to keep working on jujitsu because that's that's what I love to do. Yeah, totally understand that. Jujitsu is fun, so yeah. Um, who do you beat at uh, the worlds back then? I remember Ramco Pardo. That's one guy. Who was the other? Oh yeah, Ramco. Ramco. Ramco was. Ramco was. I think it was the. I think it was the finals of the open weight. No, it wasn't the finals, but the semifinals of the open weight, I think. And and Lau Castello Branco, which was the guy who beat me for my first loss that I had, it, was 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 Leo. So Leo actually beat me on the nationals in the '93 in the open weight division. Mm. On the not open weight, it wasn't the open weight. It was the super heavyweight division. Oh damn! So Carlson, Carlson joined me in a super heavyweight division to match me up with him, and I lost to him in '93. But I won the open weight division in the '93 in the nationals, and I was, you know, I was hunting him to try to get my my victory back. You know, we talk about this today. Was yeah. you know, it's, he's a super, he's a super nice guy. I really like him a lot. Leo and and Renko. All those guys, man, they're they're great people, man. Great martial artists, great great human beings. You know, I really I really feel honored to have spent this this part of history with them. Yes, yeah, that's awesome, man. It's not many people who's done that, so it's like, yeah, it's awesome. Even the first world, so it's like, yeah, not many people get to do that. <laughs> Did you? Uh... There's not many people are old like I am. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, did you compete after uh, the first Worlds or what you did after? Did, did you compete more or what happened? Uh, we, we started competing more in no gi because at the time, um, this is what's happening. I wanted to find MMA, but I, I couldn't. I was sponsored by the bank. Yeah. The Bank of Brazil. At the time, it was at the time that, you know, MMA, it's not MMA. It was it even MMA. It was Vale Tudo. And Valetudo was was well known as the human cockfighting. Yeah. Remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is, was really bad. That was a time it was really bad there in Brazil. And the bank doesn't want to be associated with this type of, uh, it wasn't even a sport at the time, this type of event. So I could not fight MMA or Valetudo, even if I, unless I, I wanted to be fired, you know? Yeah, and that was my deal. That was my deal with it. So you never fought um, MMA. 
for the in 96, there was, there was all the competitions. I, I think it did, too. Um, I remember really, uh, there was ADCCs, of course, 1999, 90, 2000, 2001. I was just training no gi a lot. Yeah. I was training no gi a lot because that was a time that everybody was getting ready. At least at Carson Gracie was getting ready for for Valetudo, right? MMA. Yeah. yeah. And I was, yeah, I was helping the guys. Everybody was, yeah, everybody was fighting MMA at the time. You know, yeah. it was... 1996 was right after UFC was created. Yeah, 93 um, was UFC was created in 93. Yeah, so so the transition for Carlson Gracie team it was exactly there. Everybody started transition from the gi to the no gi mm. because there was money on a, on a Valitudo, you know, and there was no money on a BJJ at the time. So the whole team kind of <clears throat> towards gears towards towards Valitudo, you know. It was Valitudo at the time then turns into the Nojos Bar, and the Nojos Bar turns into the MMA, as it is today. But it was a completely different world at the time. And and it's just presented for a bunch of Brazilian guys an opportunity to make money, you know, especially in the United States. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It was so getting, everybody started finding out. Yeah, it was getting popular in the United States back then, right? Yes, yes, yeah. yes. It, it was, because that was really... That was really the clash of styles, you know. The UFC was actually built up on the promise of this clash of styles. Yeah. That proved that jiu-jitsu was, you know, what it was. Everybody started listening and hearing about jiu-jitsu after Hoist started beating everybody, right? Yeah. And and we had this in Brazil at the time. You know, we had this in Brazil before that. But Horan Gracie, who created the UFC, actually took the idea and... and you know, and sell this in international markets, mm -hmm. and that's that's what it is today. UFC. Yeah, true. It is. It is. Did you ever have an MMA fight or never? Oh no, I did. I did have one. I did have one in two thousand one. Oh, really? I did have one in two thousand one, and I was I was in Japan. Mm. I guess Minoa. It was um, after times there was no rules. It was not MMA. It was. Valitudo at the time, right? No gloves. Because there was no rules. The in reality, there was rules. The rules that we had it was uh, there was no points. It's submission or knockout only. You know, otherwise yeah. it was a draw. No gloves. That was or... common there at the time. No gloves or with gloves. There was gloves. There okay. was there was red gloves. I remember there was some red gloves there. Okay. That they had it, but there was not. It was it was a different world, man. It's a completely different animal at the time. You know, there was no, there was completely different organizations, and it, it, it's as you see at UFC today and MMA, it's, it's completely different. It's the evolution of days now, right? Mm. That's yeah, that's part of the game. There's a whole entire industry behind this now. Definitely. So, like, uh, yeah, didn't you guys have a little split from uh, the Carlson Gracie team? Some guys went another way. Some guys went uh, to do other things and stuff like that. Yeah, but that just split. That's you know, it's easy to say that we got kicked out of the Carson Grace team. You know, I personally never wanted to go. That was a that was look. This is was the problem. You know, I was not even fighting MMA at the time. For me, it was you know, I, I was I had this 
sponsorship from Bank of Brazil. Yeah. I could not find MMA. There was nothing I could do about that. But the guys decided, you know, and that's that's true. That was honest, you know. There was a divergency on, on a contract. Carlson wanted them to sign a contract there, and they decided not to, to sign the contract. And unless Carlson was coming to train him, to train them all, you know? Yeah. And I remember traveling to the ADCCs, and that was an ADCC that only uh, Arona won, and I took second place. Was I think it was 1999. And, and from there, Murillo called me, and from there I went to Europe. And Murillo called me. They had a fight in Japan and wanted me to corner him. So I went to corner him in Japan. <clears throat> when I get there, I find out that we got kicked out. Oof. And and all because of the contract things and I and, and 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 it was terrible for me because first of all I'm very I was very close to him. Number two, you know, me and Marilla we went back there and tried to convince him otherwise. And but I I was the guy who was not fighting MMA, so I kind of got sucked in into this whole contract deal there, you know, without actually having well. Without having any 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 purpose on it, you yeah. Know? But it is what it is, you know. If it wasn't for that decision, too, you know, Brazilian top team would not be created, or American top team would not be created, and yeah. and you know, who who knows who holds the future? Yeah, true. But that was basically the story. But how now this? Yeah, all right. But so, he was uh, he was a mentor, man. He was Carson was awesome. He was just not a good businessman. Yeah. Some are good mentors, but not good businessmen, right? Yeah, true. Yeah. So, true. Uh, tell me a little bit about the BTT days. You know, it's I heard that that also was some fun days. Yeah, BTT got this enormous army of the guys that actually, you know, left uh, the Carson Gracie at the time because reality Carson was not coaching; he was living in Beverly Hills. He was living in America, and and he wasn't there at the time mm. to coach the majority of the guys. That was the biggest friction that they had, you know, with with Carlson. That they want him him there. They want him. His presence was important. Yeah. But he was sharing between living in the United States and going back to Brazil. So they want him there. They asked him to sign a contract, but unfortunately, nothing, nothing worked with that. And they they had to split after he kicked us out. And and we were, you were coaching the guys, you know. It was a bad decision from Carlson then because we're coaching him. We're coaching the kids, you know. We're All the guys there from, I mean, Altaro came later, but there was Carlos Barreto, Vito Belfort. There, there was a lot of guys there that was training at the time, and the training was really good. At the time, as Murillo's gym, and Maris Perry was training too, and Murillo was training. So we have this Alan Goyes. We have all this big number of of high level guys training MMA together. Yeah, and when that happened, you know everybody came, and that the beginning of a Brazilian top team. Mm. That's okay. what happened. Cool, cool. And then you, every everyone just was like, we're moving from Carlson Grace and do our own thing. That was the thing that yeah, happened. Yeah, because me, yeah, we got kicked out. Yeah, you know? we got kicked out, and. The guys that got kicked out basically form another gym. 
because we're already trained. We had to change names. You cannot use Carson Grace anymore. Yeah, true. So true. Brazilian top team was created. Nice. That was that was that's what happened. And after that, I moved to United States and I sold my part of of Brazilian top team and I got the name of American top team and we built up an American top team. Yeah. And and I got out of American top team and now I'm working on the universities. Oh, you... <laughs> I'm back in jiu-jitsu. Yeah. I got out of MMA a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, jiu-jitsu is like, yeah. Jiu-jitsu is more fun, I think. I, I'm i not a huge like MMA guy. I trained it a little <laughs> bit before, but I trained a little bit before, but, you know, you get injured too easy and uh, I got problems with my knees and all that shit. So, yeah, it's... Uh, it's not for me. I can do it sometimes, but it's like ah, jujitsu is the thing that I'm uh, that I like the best. Me too, Johnny. Me too. So it's like yeah. It's, I, it's I think I'm gonna fun. be doing. I'm gonna be involved with jujitsu the rest of my life. That's, yeah, that I know. Totally agree. That I know. And I, and, and MMA is a, is an industry that is dictated by the biggest, you know, the biggest company of all, with UFC. Yeah. And the UFC changes policies you know the UFC changes policy in accord with the necessity of making more money or expand markets and things like that so it got too much of a wwe uh mix with boxing you know it there's a recipe to bring attention of people to yeah. the common people yeah, yeah, yeah you know yeah. and all the people that love it and this attention sometimes man it goes against everything that i try to tell my guys you know you try to build up some sort of mentality in a guy to be martial artist first, you know, be at least polite, contribute to society, you know, help people. Sees this as a as, as a add on in community, but but the company telling to do otherwise, you know, and the face offs and the push and the trash talk is more important. It's just it's just not for me, man. You know, it's not who I am. Yeah. it never was. So. Yeah. So, totally. so, but, but, but I understand. I respect why they have to do it. You know, if your employee had telling you what to do, and you, you still want to work for the company, you got to do what they tell them. You know, and it's in a certain way. Yeah. And yeah, that, that's it is what it is. Unfortunate, but it's, it is what it is. Yeah. You know, you know pe people need to be entertained, right? Yeah. So oh, it's yeah. like yeah, that's, and uh, it's like jujitsu is not for. Uh, a common guy or the common the, the common people right you have to at least train a little bit jiu-jitsu to understand it you know for to understand the competition oh, so to understand the competitions or or those other federations like polaris or uh Copa Podi or something like that you have to understand their positions transitions everything and you know you at least have to train it yeah. twice twice a week if you gotta like uh, getting really into it so it's not jujitsu. Is not for everyone. That's to, true. For you to go, jujitsu is for not. For you a, to train in a high level is yeah. It's really, it's not a spectator sport yeah. for everyone. I would say, you know, it's not. Oh, and you're right. Yeah, and you're right. It's sad. It's, it's like baseball. Let's put it this. I like to compare to baseball because yeah, it's a good comparison. It's pretty rare that you see somebody actually watching on TV. People don't watch baseball on TV. They think it's boring. Yeah, but. But everybody who practices things is awesome, man. You know, oh, this is so much fun. Yeah. When you practice, or when you go to the tournaments, there yeah, when you hold to go to the to the games, it's awesome. They create this big event, 
and everybody, you know, is a is a mix of culture. It's food, it's music, you know, it's people. It, it's cool. Mm. But watch on TV, you cannot experience that. No, no, no. Just is more like that. Yeah, just is more like that. And even go through the Jiu-Jitsu tournaments, I think it still is fun, you know, to see all the like the guys that I look up to. Like uh, when I started, was like uh, Drysdell and all those guys. That was the guys that I was looking up to when I started. Who uh, you used to look up to? Uh, me, hmm. uh, yeah. Robert Drysdale is one of them. Uh, oh, that's cool. <laughs> and uh, Leo Vieira. Leo Vieira, oh, yeah. he's a beast. And uh, yeah. who else? Bushesha and uh, Fernando Terere. I trained with Terere several times, so I'm a huge fan of him. Terere, oh man. And, Did you know that Terere is coming with the movie? There's a movie. Are coming out about the life of Terere. Yeah, I saw it. That's it, true. Is, is it a is it like a movie with an actor or is it a documentary? No, it's going to be a documentary, but it's going to be a full length movie, like two hours, I think, oh, about nice. his life. Oh, okay. I'm I... interested to see it. You know, I yeah, know the too. director and and the guys are putting in a lot of time and research. They actually they they interview me about that. Nice. You know? That's cool. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, it was yeah, it was Leo Vieira, Terere, Drysdale, Bushesha, Rodolfo Vieira. I'm a huge fan of. I I met him yeah. once. He's a super nice guy, and uh, which other guys? Um, Andre Galvao. I think he think he's awesome to watch and uh Gavo. Yeah. Yeah, Gavo is awesome too. I, I also I also Marcelo uh, Garcia. Yeah, for sure. Marcelo, he's awesome. And uh who else? Roger. He's so his game is so simple. I think he he's awesome. Roger Gracie. Oh he is. Roger is Roger is the essence of Jiu Jitsu. Yeah. Because he, he is just so simple. You're right. He just don't lose position. No. That guy just, he's just go and just, you know, he's simplified everything. And he just make it so crispy, clear, and and he's so efficient. It's just beautiful to see it. Yeah. I really, I really like to see Roger too. Yeah. I really think Roger's one of the best. Yeah, I ever. agree. I agree. Roger is like, Roger's a beast. It's He's he's a scary guy. I met him several times. I actually been to his academy in London training, like three four times. It's, oh, that's cool. It's very nice. Uh, that's cool. Which other guys is out there? Uh, I think Cobrinha is good too. He's a small guy. Ricardo Vieira is very good. Yeah. Brother of Leo Vieira. I oh, I train, Vieira. I, I yeah. train with him several uh -huh. times in Rio. I think he's very good. And uh, the other guy's name? He's from Brazil and Tottenham. Actually, Alexandre Vieira. I think he's Alexandre Vieira, but the loop choke. Yeah, oh, he's a monster. He's a good I, kid. I love I love loop chokes <laughs> myself. Is. So yeah, I train with him too. He's uh, you did you did in Brazil? Yeah, yeah, I was in Brazil and topped him. I met Murillo there. Met Murillo there, super nice guy too. Yeah, and so, Murillo is awesome, man. Uh -huh. Murillo is Murillo was the first Brazilian to win a belt of the new administration of Zufa. Yeah. When they create the weight division. Before that, there was no weight division, you know. But they create a belt for weight division. Zufa really took over. And and Murillo was the first Brazilian to win the belt. Yeah. Oh, hold on. All right. Um, 
I got this phone call here right now. Oh, Johnny, I got to I got to answer the door here, man. <laughs> All right, okay. Okay. I'll wait. Um um hold on. Hold on. Sorry. Danico! Okay, which one do you?